Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jawson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Some of you have written in about several things and we're going to talk about them today. Today is going to be focused more on relationships and what needs to happen in some of them just from one perspective only. Now, before I get started, some of you have written in and asked, why don't you have more guests on the show? Well, I have guests from time to time. See, the one thing that I didn't want to do was create a distraction. Having a whole bunch of guests, I guess what? The message in the show and the quality of the show is kind of uh, skewed. I've seen this happen with many shows in the past, well before podcasting, in television and radio. So, think of this show more or less like how Rush Limbaugh, Tom Likas, and many other hosts had their shows. A monologue type of uh, platform. Now, true enough, I know you want to be entertained and those kind of things. It's all well and good. And we try to put some, you know, little comedic bits in here from time to time. But for the most part, I don't want you to lose focus on the messages that we're trying to send you. Mainly me trying to send you. So that you can avoid certain things that I had to go through. Some of you may not even encounter these things. Okay, I'll give you that. Great for you. But there are others who may. Now, the other thing. Some of you are confused with dating and relationships. You conflate the two. They're two separate things. Dating is the introductory phase for a relationship. And sometimes people get caught on that. It's like sugar. It's like going to a car dealership and stepping in and seeing that brand new car on the showroom floor. That's what their jobs to do. Online dating apps, matchmakers, dating coaches. That's what they do. Their jobs to put you together. Just like at a dealership to put you with that car. Now, when it comes down to some of the things you have to deal with that car after the romance of being in a new situation is worn off, you're dealing with the practicality of it. You know, it's like 18 months in, you know, that new car smell is kind of normal. And you're thinking about the monthly payments now more so than you were when you got that car. Well, relationships are the same way. Now, there are some people that live at the surface of a relationship in that phase of dating, of introduction. 
They don't want to go that deep. It's like dating in the shallows. So what these individuals do, they start a potential relationship through dating and they want the benefits of it. So they mine out the benefits, the trips, the um, intimacy, but they don't want the commitment. They don't want the obligation. They don't want the heaviness of the relationship. So they pull back a bit and then eventually they end it. And some of you have encountered this with people where you get ghosted after you guys have gone out a few times or had intimacy or sex. Many times that's about the extent of their experience in a relationship. And that's what they consider a relationship is that dating phase. There are people out there that have never had a relationship longer than 90 days. But yet, they could tell you who was a jerk. Guys could tell you who didn't want to put out. But see, that's the thing. It's very ambiguous. Now, when it comes down to the interpretation of it, at least. Now, let's look at another um, aspect of this. The self-aggrandizement aspect. Some of you fellas have written in about how women want you to take them to five-star restaurants in the whole nine yards. Some of you have anxiety because now you're worried about how you're going to pay your bills because you've spent too much. Four dates in one month in one case, $400 per date. And now you're scratching your head, wondering whether or not you're going to need to take out a loan at the credit union or get a credit card. Should never be in that position. That's the reason why I tell you guys, $40 first date, 90 minutes, coffee shop, ice cream parlor, burger joint. It could even be hell coffee shop, a dog walk, a picnic, something that's brief. And what you're looking for is continuity. Did everything this person presents to you manifests itself when you met them? Same thing for you ladies. Did this person measure up to what they say they were? If not, that's your answer. Why go any further? Now, the other thing, if she comes in telling you based on previous experience about an ex of hers or her ex would take her to a five-star restaurant and she's trying to create a milestone for you to do so, the answer is no. Thank her for sharing that information with you and say, well, I'm sure you can go and find your ex and you guys can go back to that five-star restaurant and just be polite with it. Tell her the truth. She hasn't measured up to a five-star restaurant yet in your eyes. She's still a stranger. You don't know her from anyone. She may value herself on that level because somebody's taken her out and spent that kind of money on it. Well, that was that person, not you. Do not be beguiled by her beauty because it's not like there's a shortage of beautiful women in this world. 
And don't let your self-esteem go that low where you feel as though you have to pay to play. She's not the only woman that's attractive and has a mind, has a heart, and has a vagina. There are plenty of them out there. Don't get desperate, fellas. Be disciplined. The other thing, if she comes to you and she's making these preliminary demands such as she needs her hair, nails done, she needs for you to pay a bill or something like that before you can go out on a date with her, the answer is no. She cannot pay her own bills. That should be a minimum requirement for both men and women. No matter if you only have a dollar left over after you've paid your own bills, damn it, split that dollar, figure out how you guys could go and get a pizza or something. But whatever you do, do not get into the habit of coming in there with your wallet open like that. She may be accustomed to it because other guys have done it. And this gives women like this the opportunity to say, well, I have money, but my money is more valuable than yours. So you're going to... It rarely changes. Even if you put forth the effort to get the paperwork and all the rest of that shit, she even asks you probably to go and pay for the divorce. I can't afford it. And you come up with the resources. I'm telling you right now, you're out as soon as she comes up with an excuse. Well, just give me the money. That's an excuse, fellas. You'd be a damn fool to pay for a woman's divorce. You'd be a damn fool to pay for her child custody back. You'd be a damn fool to pay for any of that shit going into a relationship. It's not your job. And ladies, you should not be paying his child support like some of you have written in and complained about. Got a man sitting there with no job. You have a good job and you're paying his child support. Plus you're feeding his ass and taking care of him. You got to ask yourself, why? Are you that damn lonely? Now, another thing, fellas, the workplace, getting involved with a woman. And I know some of you be in relationships and you'll go and get with a woman who's already in one at work and think, well, you know, at least I don't have to worry about her encroaching. And then on her side, she's thinking, don't have to worry about him encroaching. It depends on the job that you get. If it is a job that uh, you have to have a certain type of uh, character, moral character, or if it's in the company policy that you're not supposed to fraternize, you're fucked. You might not want to go that route because that doesn't work very well. I'm just telling you. I've seen so many messes from that that I can't even count. It's ridiculous. Now, the other thing too. You're going to run across women that are going to shame you and emasculate you. Don't try to impress these women. Don't even try to date them. 
Let them go on with their blase attitude. These are the women, when your ass get old in a nursing home, they'll be there angry yelling at the CNAs. The reason being, not too many people like them while they're younger, and very few people are going to like them as they get older, including their own children if they have them. I'm just telling you, this will save you the headache. Because see, if you go into a relationship and she's already putting you in a condescending posture, and she's putting you in a posture where you're less than and you have to measure up constantly, you don't need that. See, the one thing you have to realize when it comes down to a relationship between men and women, there's a level of adequacy that's required of both of you. Affirmation, approval. And when you both reach that level with each other, there are very few other things to question. But as long as you have one person that's leaning a little bit heavier than the other, it's going to always be out of balance. And you're going to have that partner still trying to get to that point of, as they see it, doing the right thing by the other partner. In other words, your best wasn't good enough. Try harder. That type of individual. Some of you ladies have gone through that mess with guys. When you couldn't do anything right. He was always criticizing. Oh, men go through that shit too with some ladies. And I'm telling you both, you don't have to do that. It starts with the way you control your feelings. They want you to feel a certain way. You don't have to feel that way. It's because you want to. Now, the other thing we have to look at that some of you guys may encounter is the woman who will lie to you about her relationship status. This is a very dangerous one. Now, this can vary from her being married all the way to her having a restraining order on her ex-boyfriend and the ex-boyfriend could still be on the hunt for her and she might be using you as a shield. These things are not to scare you. These things are to make you aware of potential conflict. So if she goes and tells you something like, well, yeah, you know, my ex and I, we, you know, we went our separate ways, but I had to go get a restraining order because sometimes he'll come over to the house and break out a window or something like that. And she's going to always give you that positive reassurance that it's not going to happen again or it won't happen while you two are together. Remember one thing. If this man is not locked up or dead, he's still a potential threat. You can't go by what she's saying. She's not in his head or his heart. She may be on his agenda. You don't need to get involved with any drama. That's what I'm saying in general. And let me tell you something else. People who say that up front, like, I don't want any drama. Please check them for drama because those are usually the first people that bring it. Again, cognitive dissonance. 
You say something, but you react differently in your behavior. Other things, guys. Sex. Wear a condom. You don't want to hear any shit from a woman about any kind of um, IUDs. Let her prove that to you over time. In the initial stages, you're not taking any chances. You're not taking any chances. Now, another thing too. If a woman starts talking about her going to a gynecologist or something like that, open your ears. Don't close them. Don't get to this masculine bullshit about, you know, I don't want to hear that woman's talk. No, you want to hear it. Because see, if she's going to a gynecologist and she's doing that on a regular basis, she tells you something like, well, tomorrow I got to go get my breast exam or pass me or whatever. Support her because she cares about herself. Some woman that doesn't give a fuck about herself, she hasn't gone. Doesn't plan on going and fucked a mini guy. She could be walking around with STD that's grown so much until this motherfucker got a house. Because what that shows you, fellas, is that she gives a damn about herself, which means she could more than likely give a damn about you too. She could care about you. Because a lot of you fellas wind up with women that don't give a shit about themselves, just like some of you ladies do with these men. And you're right in complaining about it. Now, another thing too. We're going to go kind of long today on this podcast, so about an hour or so. But one thing, too, that I want you to understand is that the initial meeting with someone, you're going to learn some things about that person that you didn't know over the phone, over texting. Please keep those things in mind and don't just go back and focus on the profile of what they told you and just have that as the standing order. All three of those things have to coincide. The profile, the interaction that you guys had, the communication you had, whether it was over the phone and texting, and the way you interact when you meet. If you got discrepancies in any one of those, you got a problem. Now, I'll give one thing. People are usually bashful when they meet in public compared to when they're online. They have the superhero online and they have kryptonite when they meet you. That's to be expected. But the one thing that you want to look for is blatant and obvious discrepancies. You know, that's the reason why I'm not really a fan of people using AI for their uh, profiles or AI for their um, interactions, such as their um, introductory quotes and things like that on dating apps. And the reason for that is, yeah, it makes it easier for you, but is that really you? That's what you have to ask yourself. Because what you gotta remember is 
It's only going by the information that it can grab off the internet. That's all it's doing. And so, it'll be obvious. Take your time. You're not under any pressure. You want to make the best choice and partner as possible. We're going to talk more in just a moment. I need some WD-40. Now, before I get started, I just want to let the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers know that uh, I have a friend of mine and he has a wife. She's about 5'8 and a firm 180. She could help Najee Harris in the backfield. I'm serious. I, look, in the 2024 draft, I'm recommending my friend's wife. Because she just, and she could do it. She's quick out of the pocket. She, well, let me stop. <laughs> Martin, I told you I was going to do this. Judy, you can beat me up later. I'm just saying, they're sitting on a gold mine, don't even realize it. She'll go in the first round. MVP, I can see it now. Had the Lombardi Trophy right there in Pittsburgh once again, based on her efforts. She's good at 30 yards a carry. Come on now. She can do it. But anyway, folks, (laughs) I had to tease him because he wanted me to... uh, Raz her. Judy, happy birthday. You're 37 years of age. Happy birthday, dear. All right. Folks, when we talk about dealing with other people's problems, OPP, when it comes down to relationships, We have to use a filter. We have to have an understanding of what we can and cannot deal with. And we have to be firm and not really fake ourselves into believing otherwise. A lot of you ladies do this. You paint that picture that doesn't exist. And you try try going full bore with it to make it work. And before you know it, you burn out. And you're upset. And I can tell you, um, it's tough on guys when they try to talk to you because it's like you got this negative disposition and it's like, whoa, where did that come from? And a lot of times it has to do with the fact that you stay too long in a bad situation or trying to rectify a bad situation. Now, I always tell you fellows, if you're going to get involved with a woman, who is constantly negative. She's marginalizing everything. Everything you do, everything that is done. Maybe she's not the right person for you. Unless you can tolerate it. Unless you want to deal with that. This is the type of woman that if you bought her flowers, she'd throw them in the back seat of the car. Thanks very much. 
if she gave you a thank you. That'd be pushing it. So, understand that some people, depending on their background, depending on their upbringing, depending on their exposure, may behave differently. And the thing is, what I'm getting at for you men and women is not to normalize disrespect, but to leave it. Not to normalize rudeness, but to leave it. Sometimes we make exceptions because we like the person more than they like us. Because if they liked us as much as we like them, guess what they wouldn't do? They wouldn't be so caustic. So, you also have to learn that by treating yourself better in general will make you more aware of when you're being disrespected by other people. Because some of you don't believe that you deserve a good relationship, a good woman, a good time. And you do. You're just as valid as anyone else. You have just the same amount of interest as anyone else. And that poor little bug just committed suicide out the window. He flew into the window and then there's nothing but just a big blob there. <sighs> Didn't make it. <laughs> but anyway, the one thing, folks, that we also have to look at is this. When it comes down to what you want out of a relationship is vital. And some of you kind of back into them and don't know really where you're going. And what happens a lot of times, the partner sees this and they're saying, well, this person has no direction and I have a direction where I want to go. I could either take them in a the direction I'd like to go in or else I could leave them here and let them figure it out later with someone else. It all depends on how much time the person was going to be willing to spend with you in that regard. And what that means is that you're leaving yourself at a disadvantage with no say in the relationship for the most part, voluntarily. Now, one of the other things too that we have to concern ourselves with is that a lot of us may start out doing things too soon and becoming too familiar with the person too quickly where they can go past certain boundaries that maybe if we really thought about it, they shouldn't. Some of you ladies have done it. You've gone on dates with a guy and you may have been very sexually provocative with them and you're not ready to have sex with them, but you want the attention, that sexual attention from it. I always tell you to be careful with that because you may find a guy that does not have any kind of uh, discipline and he may take you up on that and it may not be a pleasurable experience. I'm going to tell you about a situation that I was faced with uh, years ago, back in the 1990s, early 1990s. I went to a mixer, singles mixer, and met this lady there. She reminded me of Lonnie Anderson, but with frosted hair. She had frosted hair that went past her shoulders. 
beautiful woman. And we started talking. And at the time, she was around 36, 37 or so. Never been married, no kids. Ideal for me at the time. I'm like, yeah, baby. So we were talking and um, she said, um, I don't think we should probably look at having a relationship, but we could have a friendship. And I thought that was kind of odd that she would bring that up in the very beginning of our conversation. And I didn't know what that meant. Found out later what it meant was, I would like you for a relationship, but I'm personally not ready for one. And I'm used to hearing that just like most guys are. What that means, fellas, is that it's a no-go. However, what it was, it didn't have nothing to do with her being in a relationship with someone else or not knowing who she was by guys about how to deal with women. I would be one fucked up individual. Guys telling you, go up to a woman and tell her, honey, I need you more than a hog need his slop. You don't get the shit slapped out of you saying something like that. But it all depends on the person. Now, the one thing I'll tell you guys especially, because I almost got caught up with this in this particular situation with this young lady. And by the way, we still keep in touch today. The interesting thing is, in a way I thought that I could save her too. And what I realized I was doing in the relationship I was actually micromanaging her to a certain point. Based on her giving me the delegation of, you know, you got to keep me from slipping off. Even though I'm four years sober, there's a possibility. And those women that went through the program with her, they left early, many of them. They left that event early. Once they found out what was going on, they protected themselves. And that's what I was explaining to her. I said, those women saw a threat when they saw that that bottle of Jack Daniels was emptied in that bathroom and those two had sat there and drank and got drunk. That was their swan song. They left. And now what you have to remember is those people who stayed back and helped you that were in rehab with you and those other true friends who were with you in that other life, those are the people that you could actually depend on. You had to filter those other people out based on that situation. And she thought about it. She said, yeah, you know, you're right. Because they were the people who were laughing and thought it was funny. They were the people who had brought in all the orange juice. And I said, what it amounts to overall was those people who did that, 
did those things, disrespected you. And here's the thing. There were four women to one man there that night. Whole bunch of women. The lady that jumped into the pool, she was buzzed off that damn orange juice. I didn't mind seeing her naked though. Damn, she had nice tan lines. But <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. She thought she could save them. And I thought, in a way, I could save her. And I will tell you, even as we talked not too long ago, about I think a month ago, she told me, she said, you know, I did enjoy those few months we were together. I felt at peace. She said, but I know you got tired of watching my back and making sure I didn't slip off the wagon and that kind of thing. Which was true. Which was difficult. But that one night, she got with her friends. Didn't say a word. But the one thing I appreciated, and I told her this, I said, I'm glad you didn't blame me for failing you because you failed yourself first. Now, another thing that we have to look at too, when it comes down to relationships, some of you fellas do want to do what I tried to do with her, save a woman. I was fortunate in respect to her wanting to save herself by going to the 12-step program, going to rehab. She did all that work prior. I realized I was dealing with a work in progress with her. My eyes were open. I had already dealt with an alcoholic in a past relationship before, so I kind of knew what to expect, and this lady was not half as bad as the one that I had to deal with prior. Now, at first I was really thinking about just not giving her a shot. Dealt with an alcoholic before the one did with another. But what did I see? What I tell you ladies about potential? I saw effort. And when I saw her effort, that made a big difference. Had I not seen that, I would have done just what I would have thought. Nope. Not interesting. But some of you guys will try to save a woman. And sometimes situations are salvageable. There was a guy that wrote about two years ago with a dilemma. He'd only been dating three weeks. And this woman was on the verge of filing bankruptcy. The reason why she had to file bankruptcy, she got mad at her boss and walked off her job. Owed a whole bunch of credit cards. And she wanted him to help her pay the debt. 
Well, what this gentleman did, he went on, got into his 401k, got into his savings, and paid off this woman's debt. Now, mind you, they had only been together three weeks, three weeks, and this occurred, this transpired. He gets with this woman. They move in together. She starts applying for credit again. But this time around, she's getting these cars with low credit limits and very high interest rates. And the cycle started again. Well, when he wrote me, he was debating whether or not he should go through with this second cycle of payments to pay this debt off that she was racking up. And what I was explaining to him, as long as she has someone who's codependent, it's not going to happen. Because, see, his self-esteem was so low that he was willing to put up with repetitive behavior without her putting forth any effort to redress the problem that she was dealing with. The potential he saw in her was that, okay, I'll pay this off and then we can start our relationship. But let's look at a few factors that weighed into it. One, guys are talking about something serious. Now, not just for time's sake. I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about this in the next segment. Now, as I was saying in the last segment, you're going to have to watch the time frame in which you guys were introduced in comparison to where you are before commitment. You got to ask yourself, am I comfortable? Is this the right choice? Have all my concerns been met when it comes down to questions? A lot of you guys just agree for a commitment because she's ready. Now, speak up during this time if you have any questions or concerns. Because see, if you don't, she's going to haul that back in your face later on and say, well, you know, you signed up for this. You need to speak up, fellas, and not be so thankful that somebody loves you or somebody's going to try to pursue a relationship with you. And here's one thing that I will tell you. Any commitment before six months, when I I say commitment, I'm not talking about where it's exclusivity. Exclusivity, it's up to you two to figure that out. Where the two of you are only going to see each other. Usually people will make that kind of early in the relationship. You don't want to make it too early, but usually about a month or so. And the reason for this is because It's saying, I'm taking myself off the market. This person's taking themselves off the market. And we're going to see if we can work together in this silo of coupledom. You're trying to see whether or not the two of you can actually work together. Nothing's wrong with that. Six months. When you start talking about 
commitments, things that are going to be life-altering. Where this person may ask something of you. Take for instance, I'll give you an example. If a person lives in, let's say, Big Bear, California, you live in Rancho Cucamonga, and that person has to go through Rancho Cucamonga to get to work in Los Angeles. Well, you may suggest if you live in Rancho Cucamonga, wouldn't it be easier for you to move from Big Bear down to Rancho, or why don't we do this? Why don't you come down and stay with me during the week in Rancho Cucamonga? but we both can commute in LA. And then on the weekend, we could spend in Big Bear at your place. Those are life-altering compromises because what's happening is you're not just taking the recreational time that you would in dating. That recreational time is the time that you've actually allocated to be with that person, for them to be in your space and for you to be in theirs. And then after that, you have the rest of it to yourself autonomously. With this, this person is occupying more time that's more inclusive of the two of you, that's integrated, meaning that that autonomous time is actually spent with that person as well. So with this, you're dealing with a whole different type of commitment. Now, 18 months should be around the time where you guys were probably looking at permanent arrangements as far as maybe relocation or cohabitation, that kind of thing, permanent. Now, it depends on the couple and it depends on your tolerances. The one thing that I would suggest strongly that you don't do is to do it out of convenience if you don't know each other that well yet. Within that 18 months of that relationship, let me tell you some of the things that should be accomplished. You should have a familiarity with that person's friends, an idea about that person's personality. You won't know everything. Somewhat of an idea about their background, not just from what they've told you, but what you've learned from other people who know this individual besides yourself, or know them, known them longer. Um, maybe family introduction of some sort. Doesn't necessarily have to require, doesn't have to take place, but be nice if it does. Being together with each other in both locations, your place, their place, and also in another place that's not either one of yours. Like a hotel, maybe take a trip somewhere, that kind of thing. Now, the reason why I say this in particular is because take the rest of the person comes over to your place and they comport themselves and everything is wonderful and nice. They're respectful. You go to their place, you reciprocate the same way. You guys go to Vegas, for instance, to one of the hotels, and then your partner decides to trash the room and say, well, you know, somebody else is paying for it. What you have to understand is at this point, if a person is doing that, selective in their approach to the value of things. So they may value you, they may value their things, but they don't value anyone else's. This could be problematic because this could correlate in the workplace. 
I never forget, they had to walk an employee out one time because this fool was going stealing hard drives out of the old computer systems. He was going to pull them out, wipe them, and sell them. Any other time? He was on the up and up. Telling people, you know, what was permitted, what was not. No thumb drives were permitted in the workplace, that kind of thing. You'll find some people that are like that. They have certain values in certain environments. The way he looked at it, at work he could do all this. At home he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it to himself or anybody else he knew. But the way he looked at it, uh, it's just a company. What you have to think about, folks, is that this will be reflective on you. And the one thing that you want to do is to make sure that it will not impugn your reputation. Because it's very important. So you're going to have to give this person a once-over, for sure, before making a commitment. And if there are any questions that come up, you need to have them addressed. Uh, it could be reservations. It could be uh, certain thoughts about certain things just to find out. So I need some clarification on this. Are you working or not? Are you not working? Um, things like that. You know, the person will say something like, oh, don't worry about it. I, you know, I make X number of dollars. You want to know what they're doing. Not being nosy, but trying to find out the gravity of what you're dealing with. A lot of you ladies have gone through the trauma of cops coming into the house, knocking down the door. You guys are living well, and you don't know what the hell's going on. You don't want to be that lady. You want to always have a handle of what's going on, at least some knowledge of it. And fellas... I will tell you this, no woman on the face of this planet is worth you going to prison for. Mm -mm. She'll find another you by the time the judge reads out your sentence. She's already found somebody else. Don't do it. Now, there's another thing that we need to talk about, guys, that's a little bit different here. Because I'm trying to respond to many of your emails by doing this. And I went back in the archives and got the old ones. And I'm trying to go through these as fast as I can by addressing the issues. I'm not going to read all these damn emails. I'm not going to put them in AI. You can forget it. Because there are too many of them that were still in the archive files. Now, some of you fellows are wondering about these women that go online. Here's a rule of thumb, and mainly social media types. A lot of these women are trying to go out and get a following to make some money. Whether it's Instagram, threads, you name the platform. They're trying to do it. Some want the attention. The attention to some of them is currency. Keeps them going. Now, a couple of things you need to realize. Many of these women that um, are online 
that are masquerading around, you know, with their booty shorts, thongs, or whatever. Where, like, on Twitter, most of these, uh, they got the moms, now the single moms that are walking around naked and taking showers and doing all kind of things. Something that Facebook wouldn't allow, but Twitter does. Here's the thing to keep in mind. And matter of fact, some of them don't look too bad. But here's what I'm saying. Amy, are you listening? Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> In all seriousness. A lot of these women do not value the men that are fighting each other over her online. Starting beef. Fellas, most of those women have someone already. Your entertainment for many of them and that's the reason why you're there. They put you on blast when you slide into their DMs, don't they? Most of the guys that you will find following these women, many of them are older, disenfranchised. Others of them have these women put on a pedestal as some fantasy woman they would like to be with. And others actually think that they can win her over by complimenting her to death. Most often, these women on OnlyFans and all these other pages, they want your money. They want your attention. And that's all they want. They don't want you. You can send them all the dick pics in the world. They don't care. Most of them have a man. I know one lady that has an OnlyFans page. She's only into women. But guess who our audience is? Men. Guys want to be with her, but they will never. And they don't know that she's that way. So, women who find out that you're one of these type of guys, if you're going out and dating that lady and she finds out that you're following this woman a lot of them have a low opinion of you. They look at you as a loser. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Arguing with a dude over a woman that's never met you is not worth it. It's not. Now, a lot of women are threatened by porn fellows and other nude women. That you may see, many of them are under the impression that they're being rejected because you're looking at another woman's body. Here's the philosophy I have on that. What if a woman showed up at your workplace naked? You would look with before you looked away. She would look before she looked away, right? Well, that's the way it is with a woman's nude body in general. Men are going to look. But see, the problem for many women is the insecurities come to the surface that they have within themselves. They may have certain things or may not have certain things as well that that other woman may or may not have. And so they quickly inform that Insecurity. Oh, you like that. 
Uh, she's fat. Uh, her boobs are sagging. Tries to find something to deter you from looking at her. Now, she would get pissed off if you said, well, you're fat and your boobs are sagging too. She wouldn't like that. Because, see, some women are so insecure, they look at any woman as competition. Ladies, let me tell you the reason why most men look at naked women. We look at naked women because one thing is pleasing, but in all seriousness, it's because of the fact that Many of us want to see how they are built, better shaped. Now, I want you to think about something very silly for a moment. Many of you think that, oh, you, you want that, you want her. Oh, you're just going to jump through the screen and get this woman. Just happen to get in contact with her, jump through her family, you know, push her boyfriend aside or her husband aside and sleep with this woman course not. But unfortunately, some women are so insecure, they believe that that's going to happen. They believe, you know, a woman on a screen is going to take her man away. No. More than likely, he's probably looking at a position that he'd like to put his wife in that if she's game for it, it can enhance the marriage or relationship. But she may look at it from the standpoint of it being a threat. And let me tell you something else, ladies, too. For some men, it's indicative of the way you react as to the way he perceives you in the bedroom. Now, I know there's a sense of inadequacy some of you may feel with him looking at naked women or porn. And I'm not here to justify porn by any stretch. Personally, I love naked women. got plenty of them. Linda Photos got some of the clips you guys sent in. They still sit in the vault. Will never be seen by other eyes but mine for life. But here's the thing. It's not a threat to you, ladies. If a man is going to cheat, and uh, the way she cut her eyes at me that time, as if to say, it's okay. I'm trying to let you know now something's coming up that's going to be hit. And apparently that was enough for me. The next thing we're going to discuss is something that men run into constantly with some women. Overly exaggerated introductions. Fellas, don't be surprised if you run across a woman that has messed up her life so many times with choosing the wrong guy that everybody's lost confidence in her vote and therefore she's trying to prove or right herself by bringing you over and introducing you as her fiance, uh, boo, boyfriend, potential husband. She may even introduce you differently to her family, from her friends. To her family, you may be her boyfriend. To her girlfriends, she may be, you may be her fiance. Usually this right here is a status check for somebody. 
they're hoping that the word gets back to their ex-boyfriend or something like that. So, take it for what it's worth on that for the most part. But if she's exaggerating and doing things like that, that means she'll oversell you on other things. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes that works to your advantage, provided that you guys coordinate. But if it's all about her, she'll give a damn. And when you start telling the truth, that's when she'll get mad at you. You will run across that kind of woman, trust me. Men know better than to do that with women because of one thing. Most of them have to go through their mother. And women are intuitive about each other when it comes down to that. Even though she may introduce you as her fiance to her friends, her friends know her and they know better. How long is this one gonna last? So, that may be something that you may wanna consider. So you're getting undue praise and undue title. Something that you didn't deserve just yet. Be careful with that. Because um, that may be out in public and on the surface. In the relationship, you guys are still in the same status you were. They may just oversell you for that purpose, for their benefit. Now, the other thing you want to stay from, away from is any kind of family rivalry or problems where you got to choose a side. Remember one thing, if you're neutral, it's just like you've chosen a side as far as they're concerned. Let them know, hey, you know, I really don't have an opinion here because this is not my affair, not my situation to deal with. Because things can run deep. You don't know. So be careful on that. You don't want to get dragged into any kind of family drama. I know these things that I'm telling you sound very fundamental. They sound fundamental when you can point them out and pick them apart. They're not so fundamental when you're in the middle of the shit and you're in a relationship. You're not thinking like that. You're reacting. This is the reason why I want you to think now, so when you get ready to react, you'll be able to think before you react. Because we always think we're an expert on things, right? We got everything down packed. What that really exemplifies is our level of insecurity. One thing you'll learn in life, being a little scared of the unknown works to your advantage more so than to be overconfident. You don't have to be nebulous, but be aware of what you're capable and incapable of doing. Now, other things we have to look at. Demands. When a woman sees that you are very um, permissive, you're very, um, I wouldn't say shy, but you're kind of reserved. They may try to take the reins. In other words, they may look at you as being someone that, oh, he'll just go on with whatever I say. See, a lot of women approach me with that misconception. 
and they get bitten in the ass every time. Because I deliberately do that. I'm not one of these guys that's out there trying to prove myself to anyone. And they're accustomed to that guy that's going to prove themselves, right? When they don't see that, a lot of times they'll say, well, let me just go ahead and take the hill. What I'm actually looking for at that point is to see how considerate a person is. And it's all me, mine, and I. <clears throat> nope. You didn't move the football. Not one yard. See, sometimes you could let a person hang themselves on their own personality. And they filter themselves out of consideration for a relationship. Sometimes you have to let that happen. And they don't realize it. Like I told you. The three fundamental things that a person will discriminate against you on in a relationship besides the obvious as far as the preferences will be your character, your behavior, and your situation. Those are the three main things that they will go for. So that includes the people that say they're colorblind and they don't see race, which is a lie, or any other configuration of political correctness. Those three fundamental things sit at the core of their decision to be with you. Because you've already met the first hurdle, which was preferences. Which were preferences, I should say. Tell you, once again, hanging in Vegas. Now here's the thing too. No editing on this show, as I told you before. We just do it. When it comes down to some of you sharing feelings, we've talked about this before. Some of you guys are very slow and reluctant when it comes down to sharing your feelings because you've been brought up to think that that's a weakness of some sort, which it is not. It's actually a strength that you've been misguided to believe is a weakness. We're not in the 1800s where we are trying to go west in a covered wagon and we want to be in a John Wayne movie or some shit like that. We're dealing with the reality of now. You have feelings just like everybody else does. And so therefore, they should be acknowledged, they should be respected, they should be treated as valid. And the best way to convey those feelings, take some time. Calm yourself down and don't yell. Just tell it. Tell your partner how you feel. Tell them what's going on. And don't use the accusative term of you did this, you did that. You can still talk about it. You know, I feel as though I'm not a partner in this relationship. The way I feel that I've been treated in this relationship is exiled. I feel like I'm a prisoner and I'm only given just the basic necessities in order to sustain me. I don't get any feelings. I don't get any emotions from you. 
And by doing this, what you're doing is you're telling them how you feel is the place you are emotionally. And you're also telling them what you need from them to make you feel better. That's the best way to do it. Because the only thing you're going to do is wind up yelling at each other if you start yelling. Breaking shit, throwing things away. Breaking the very shit you're going to have to replace. I've seen couples break shit while they're arguing. And then, after the makeup sex, they're going to the store together to buy new shit that replaced the old shit that they broke that they didn't have to break that was still in the warranty. And then they wonder why they can never get ahead. But if you're still breaking the same old shit over and over, and yeah, if you add what you've broken over the years up, you realize that that was your wealth. That's money you could have put in the stock market. That's money you could have paid your car off with. That's money that would have helped on the mortgage or your student loans. I know we want to vent and get our emotions out. Nothing's wrong with that. Fellas, if you have a bad habit of hitting shit and throwing things, why don't you do something like uh, maybe in the garage. Get a pair of boxing gloves and a punching bag. And when you get upset, just tell your partner, I need to go downstairs in the garage for a minute. Get all that aggression out. Go to the gym. Get it out. Take a run. Do something. And then you'll be tired when you get back. But a lot of you, you're going to get that aggression out and say, oh, hey, no one, I'm too tired. I don't want to talk right now. If you feel as though you have to act out, hitting things, throwing things, that kind of thing. Maybe you need to go to therapy, get to some anger management quickly to control that. Because you may be dealing with past issues that you never really thought about or never really had a chance to process. That may not have anything to do with your partner. As I told you before, all anger is self-directed. We react externally. To that self-directed anger. It's the guy in front of me that made me late this morning for work. If he was sped up in the damn right lane, I would have been at work on time, even though I woke up 17 minutes too late this morning. Transferring the blame. It becomes a band-aid to your feelings. Now, how do you guys have stress at work? Coping skills are very important. Because you probably had to experience some shit at work that pissed you off. Oh, so don't take that home. If you have a home where you have a good woman that really loves you and cares about you and a good family, don't bring that shit home. Don't disrespect your household with some shit that won't matter to you if you got fired.
You know, at some of the companies I've worked for, I remember guys used to go out in the parking lot and sit in their car, but they'd go home. Or they'd go to a bar. Or they'd take the long way home from work. So they could decompress from the bullshit. And fellas, you know, we hear some shit at work sometimes that kind of boggles the mind. Like one truck driver was talking about that time. I wonder the truckers only drove north and south routes because he said he was saving gas because when he was driving from north to south, he was going downhill because that's the way it looked on the globe. Hard to process it. Hard to process it. I never forget one time we were on a project, IT project. We had to roll out Novell with uh, Open Susan. Well, it wasn't Open Susan, it was Susan. There were two different versions. And we rolled that out. And we had a guy on our team. And he came up with the dumbest idea I ever heard in my life. That was going to take us about a week and a half to roll everything out, convert the databases over, get everybody's folders, because we were going from Windows Network to Novell with Susie. This man sat there eating a sandwich, thinking he was the smartest man in the room, says, well, you know, after we roll this out, what we should do is roll it back and then roll it forward again to see whether or not there were any errors or mistakes. We looked at each other as if he was joking. I mean, you know, you have that nervous laugh where everybody's kind of, this man was dead serious. He stopped chewing his sandwich. He was dead serious. He literally wanted us, after we implemented this new system, to roll it back to the old system and then bring it forward again with the new system once more to check for errors. And we all looked at each other and we said, uh, well, don't you think we'd find the errors on the first implementation of the system? And of course, he had to really get indignant. He sat up, crossed his arms and says, well, what if the errors don't show up on the first try? you have to remember in life is that you're going to be managing a lot of things in your life that you don't think about. You do it every day. The guy cuts you off. Instead of you going off on him, you say, look at this guy. You've just managed your anger. But we don't think about it in those short snippets as we go through. Now, Another thing that we can also um, examine with relationships as well. Congratulating your partner. Thank you. You don't want to do it too much as for it to be kind of flat, uh, kind of uh, mundane. You want to do it in a sense where it will be memorable. Thank you, wife, for being such a good wife or good girlfriend. Thank her for loving you. 
Thank her at times for the sex that you guys have. Especially if you're just starting out. Most women are not thanked for that. Because what she's doing is she's sharing an intimate part of her. That she's not going to share with everybody else. It's just like a private select stock of whiskey that she's bringing out. Nobody else gets that bottle but you. Now, one thing that you ladies uh, may write in about a lot. I read, I think, three emails pertaining to this. You worry about your elasticity in your vagina. Ladies, let me inform you of something. As long as you have a hole in your body for a man to put his penis in, vaginal, he will work with you to make that work. I know some of you have uh, had experiences where when the guy was getting ready to break up with you, they tell you something like, you know, you're too loose down there or whatever. He's just being me. Please don't take that as a personal indictment on yourself. Oh, he'll fall in, I'll fall in. I gotta trust me. If a guy is into you, it's gonna work. Just like if you're into the guy and how you make it work when his dick is small, where the same thing works. No matter what you got down there. So don't take that personal. That's only his opinion. I was with a lady that was divorced. She's an older lady. And while we were becoming intimate, she says, well, I don't know if we should do this because my ex-husband told me that nobody would want me because of what was down there. I'm like, okay, I'm expecting you, know, you got a dick. Because <laughs> I already have one. Um, and she started laughing. She said, no. She said it's because uh, she had had three children. What he told her was that, you know, nobody's going to want her because, you know, after those three babies, she's blown out and all that. But at least that's what she thought in the beginning. I tore that ass up. Afterwards, She's like, well, he wasn't right. I said, no, he wasn't right. But she had to realize that, you know, she hadn't been with anyone since him. So that was the last impression she had of herself based on his assessment, which wasn't true. And fellas, let me tell you something else too with some women. Some of them are under the philosophy that if they don't have a lot of sex that they won't be out. And they have this whole thing about, you know, I don't want to date a white girl if she's been with a black guy because she's been stretched. Bullshit. Now, the other thing too, 
you know, it, it amazes me some of the stereotypes and some of the foolishness that people think and say sometimes. But one of the other things too that kind of gets me is that a lot of times, ladies, I know you love these men, but you take some of their criticisms and some of their visceral bad remarks too hard. And it makes it difficult for another guy to even talk to you because you beat yourselves up so badly. And don't do that in front of a guy. Because see, the sad thing is, if you get in front of the wrong guy doing that, he looks at that as an avenue now to control you. Another guy that's looking for a confident woman will bypass you because he said, oh, well, you know what? She got, she got work to do. She doesn't love herself. Don't get into that self-deprecating mode. You don't have to. You really don't. Now, some of you shorter stature women have asked, well, if I'm with a taller guy, what is the best thing for me to do in order to please him? And this comes from Gloria out of Longapo City, Philippines. Gloria, I don't know if you've been with anyone recently or before, but one thing that I will tell you is this. A woman can always squat. <laughs> and in some cases you have the advantage, there are some women who can't do that because their knees may give out or whatever. So it all depends. But like I said before, a couple will work intimacy out. Trust me. They will do it. Now, lastly, and I'm just trying to get back to all of these emails. Everyone has slept with someone ugly at some point or someone they didn't think that was that attractive. Now, that's an assumption I made. True enough, I could be wrong because there are some of you that haven't had sex before. There are others of you who've only been with one person and that one person is the prettiest person in the world or the most handsome. I'll give you that. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. Some of you may find yourselves in situations where you may be with someone that's not so attractive or not so handsome. But you want to keep the relationship going. But with the caveat of that person not being seen with you in public. Now, a lot of fat women, a lot of BBWs. Because it's like this. If someone can point at what you're doing wrong in that relationship and be valid in their assess assessment, that means you're doing something wrong. That's what it means. Now, I've covered some of the things that you guys have uh, brought up. And this 
comes through about, I think, 580 emails altogether. So we're getting through them. And these are dated back, some of them are dated back to 2021. So we're getting through them and some of them I will be able to pull and address and have a you know segment about others. I'm just gonna have to go with the generic response because um, I'm telling you right now, some of you are asking the same questions. Now, if you wanna leave a message on the show or ask a question, anchor.fm backslash romantic truth backslash message. You can do it there. Please don't use Rumble. I know people have still been using Rumble for some reason. I don't prefer you use that because it's too much of a pain in the ass. But we'll still continue on this trek forward. Trying to find about the human condition. As the security team barks in the background, at another dog that they really don't like that's across the way. That's a French poodle because apparently the dog gets better food. I think she has great poupon or something like that. Who knows? Anyway, folks, you know, one question I want to know, maybe you can answer this and you can leave a message on this. Is there such a thing as a vegan dog? I've always wondered about that with this whole veganism thing. Well, that's subject for another day, I guess. Folks, I want you to take care. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And we're going to constantly try to improve the show to make it much more fluid and better. That's a constant quest. Just like we're working on the United States to make a more perfect union, we're trying to make romantic truth a better place to think before you love. Take care, folks. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.